Faith Church, it's so good to be with you this morning. want to welcome you if you are watching online and want to say hello to those of you over in the chapel, especially if it's your first time here at Faith this morning. I just really want to welcome you and tell you how glad I am that you're here today. My, my name is Brad Hickson. My wife, Nicole, and I, we have three children. We have an eight-year-old girl, uh, a six-year-old girl, and a three-year-old son. And all three of our kids are adopted, and they came to our family at various kind of ages and stages. And so each of them has a different story. They're very different from one another. In fact, all three of our children, they're, they're not even the same ethnicity. They don't look like mom and dad. They don't look like one another. They're very different from each other. They have very different personalities from each other. We, we saw this, this play out. We, we got home one day, and on our front porch, there was a box. There was like a package. And of course, my kids assumed it was for them. They were all excited. Grandma and Grandpa like to send uh, little gifts to my kids occasionally. And so we, we opened this box. Kids are freaking out. Inside, there's some stuff, from some boy stuff for my son, some girly stuff for my daughters. I think there were like some race cars in there for my son. And then uh, each of the kids got like a, like a little kid uh, gardening set, had like a watering can and a shovel. They like to work in the backyard with me. Um, each of them got a new swimsuit. Each of them got a new bath towel. Like grandma and grandpa hooked it up on this one. Like they scored big time. And it was funny because we opened the package and, and watched the kids and each of their personalities just kind of took over. My wife and I, we have a swing on our back porch, and we were just kind of sitting on the swing watching the kids play. And it was funny, my son, he had just gone like all boy. He is racing the cars. He's ramming them into each other, doing his thing. One of my daughters, she's got her little shovel out. She's digging a hole halfway to China in the middle of my backyard by now. That's fine. My other daughter has stripped off all of her clothes, she is naked as the day she was born. She's waiting for her mom to cut the tags off her swimsuit so she can get in the swimming pool. And it, it was funny. Their personalities just took over, and, and they're just all very different. Strikes me what a picture this is for how God sees us. See, we're, we're called his children, his sons and his daughters. And we exist in this family of God. We call it the body of Christ. We are made uniquely, and we're part of one family together. What we're going to talk about this morning is how God sees each of his children in this family uniquely, and how he has given a purpose for each one of us. So if you have a Bible with you, we're going to jump into two passages this morning. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 to start, and then we're going to be over in 1 Samuel chapter 16. If you're like, I don't know where those are, that's okay. Look at the table of contents in the front of your Bible, and that should get you there. So we've been in this series rooted in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, specifically in verse 27, which says, now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. This, this is part of a letter that the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul sends to a, a church in the city of Corinth, and 
I can't tell you how much I love that this is in the Bible because the church, the church in Corinth is, is nothing short of like just a dumpster fire. I mean, it is a mess. The church in Corinth is such a mess, it takes two letters in the Bible to try and straighten these guys out. They're a disaster. And I have to imagine that the Apostle Paul is going like, God, is this really the picture that we want to give the world of church? And I love that God goes, yeah, print that because the church is a mess, but, but it's a beautiful mess. And you and I, we get to be a part of it. We are the body of Christ. Each one of us is a part of it. That, that body, we are the family, the sons and daughters of God. Now this, this chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it is a very uh, corporate passage. It's being spoken to Paul is speaking to the, the entire church family until we arrive in verse 18, which is what we're going to look at this morning. Verse 18, it stands out as this verse that speaks to the individual. It, it speaks to you and I. It speaks to our heart. So look at verse 18 with me. Paul has just gotten done saying that we are all unique parts of the body of Christ. He uses the human body as an illustration. He says, look, like the human body has eyes and ears and nose and hands and feet and all these things. There's all these parts to the body. And what he's telling us is that an ear can't just jump off our head and go do its own thing. It doesn't work that way. Verse 18 tells us why. Paul writes, but in fact, God has placed the parts in the body. Every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. He has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wants them to be. Let me, let me read it. Let me say it one more time, but this time a little more personally for you. We might say it this way. God has placed you in the body of Christ, each and every one of you just as he wanted you to be. I'm going to take you to a story in 1 Samuel in a minute to show you what this, this looks like, but let's camp here for just a second. I want to point out a couple of things in this verse, and if you have your Bible with you, there are three things I would underline here in verse 18. First of all, Paul says that God placed the parts of the body. I would underline that word placed. Okay, what does that mean if God placed the parts of the body? Well, it's simple. It means that God made you intentionally. And, and this is important. This is really important because some of us, if we got on the phone and we called our parents right now and we asked them, they would have to confess, if they were honest, that some of you were an accident. You were an oops. But only to your parents, not to God. There, there are no oopses. There are no accidents. God made you intentionally. He made you on purpose. Nothing about you is an accident. Nothing about your, your being is an accident. He made you. In fact, he, he, he made us 
And he called that part of creation, what? He called it very good. Not an accident. The fact that you are here this morning is not an accident. God made you intentionally. He, he made you on purpose. He says he placed the parts of the body together. Some of us need to hear that today. Your life is not an accident. Your life is, is not meaningless. It is intentional by the God of creation. Now, the second thing that we get in verse 18, Paul writes that God has placed every one of, I'd underline that, every one of the parts of the body, meaning that God made you uniquely. He made you uniquely. There is no assembly line where we were created. I have this picture in my office, and my kids think it's hilarious. It's of a supposed duck factory, and the ducks come down the little conveyor belt, and a machine slaps on some eyes, and a machine slaps on, slaps on a beak. We weren't made like this. There's no assembly line. There's no conveyor belt. There's no factory. We were made uniquely. You, you are different than every other person that God has ever made. Isaiah tells us that God, he's, he's like a potter, and he works, and he molds clay. We are the clay. That is our being. So you are unique. In the body of Christ, you are unique. There is no one else exactly like you, which means that you matter. It also means that we need you. We're going to see that a little bit more later on. The third thing that Paul tells us, he says that God made you for his purpose. You can underline that. You were made for his purpose. He placed the parts just as he wanted them to be. In Colossians, it says that, that all things are made through Christ, but it also says that all things are made for Christ, which means that when we act like the body, when we come together, all the various pieces of the body of Christ, and we function as a family, we bring the most glory to God. And so we say that God made you intentional, right? He made you on purpose. There's no accidents. God made you uniquely. There's no one else that's just like you. And he made you to bring him glory for his purpose. Good. So I told you all of that so that I can take you here. Turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 16, if you would. And we're going to look at a guy named David. Now, well, later we know him as King David. But when we meet him, he's just a teenager doing chores around his house. And Samuel is God's prophet to Israel. And he is tasked with selecting the next king of Israel. God tells Samuel, you're going to go to a place called Bethlehem. When you get, when you get there, there's going to be a guy named Jesse. You're going to anoint or, or identify, select uh, his son to be the next king of Israel. The current king is a guy named Saul. Saul's kind of lost his mind a little bit. Saul is no longer following the will and, and the guidance of God. And so God's going to remove him as king. He's going to put in a new king. And for Samuel, this might feel a little like a suicide mission. Because if the current king finds out that you're going to select the new king, like that's going to be a problem. 
But God says, don't worry about it. I'm going to take care of all that. Your job is just to go to Bethlehem. I'll do the rest. And so we're going to pick up the story in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 4. It's a little long. I'll read it for you. Probably paraphrase a little bit of it as we go. Here's what it says. 1 Samuel 16, verse 4. It says that Samuel did what the Lord said. Always a good place to start. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. And they asked him, do you come in peace? See, when the mouthpiece of God shows up, it's, it's kind of like this. Remember when you were a kid and you get called to the principal's office? Maybe come over the intercom and say your name. And, and like, if you hadn't done anything wrong, it was cool because you got out of class for a little while. If you were like me, you took the long way to the office because you knew there was trouble when you got there, right? That guilty conscience would kick in. That's what it's like when Samuel rolls into town. It could be good news or this can go badly. Verse 5, Samuel replies, yeah, I've come in peace. I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. He tells them, consecrate yourselves. That just means get ready to worship God. Prepare your heart and your mind for worship. And come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. Eliab is the oldest. He's got muscles like the rock. He looks like Tom Brady. You look at this guy, and we want him to be our king. Verse 7, the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. I mean, you know this about us. We tend to look at people's outside and we, we, we make judgments or we draw conclusions about them. In fact, we even do it here in the body of Christ. We do it right here at church. You come in on a Sunday and you see the people up front. You see the people leading worship. You see the pastors. And you go, that person... That person is serving the Lord. That person is fulfilling their purpose. And you know what? That's true. But, but God steps in and God says, listen, don't forget. Don't forget about that gal that holds babies in the nursery. You see, because every week one of the babies that she holds is the child of a single mother. And that single mom comes here on Sundays tired, exhausted, desperate. And if even for an hour she gets to come in this place and she gets to lift her hands and her voice to God and she gets to be reminded that whatever's going on in her world, there's this God who loves her. And that's only possible 
because that gal is holding her baby in the nursery right now. Don't forget about her. She's just as important to the body of Christ. God says, don't forget about that greeter. A greeter that stands at the, at the front door each week and, 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 and smiles. You don't maybe think much as you walk by, but see that greeter plays an important role because that man that came here this morning, he parked on the far side of the parking lot. He was angry. He, is, he came here so mad at God. He came here fuming at his wife because she dragged him here. And he walked across that parking lot, arms crossed the entire time. And then there was that greeter. And that greeter, that greeter smiled at him. And that, that greeter spoke to him. That greeter asked his name. And you could almost see the hard shell start to fall away. And you could feel the walls around his heart starting to go down so that God could speak to him in this place today. Because of that greeter, don't forget about the greeter, the just as important, God says, to the body of Christ. Remember, each of us is unique. Each of us is, on, is, is intentional. And each of us has a purpose. I'll save us some time. Jesse brings in the rest of his sons because it's not Eliab, so he brings in son number two. God says, no, it's not him. He brings in son number three. God says, no, it's got to be number four. No, it's not four. It's not number five. It's not number six. It's not number seven. Samuel's starting to wonder if we're going to have a queen of Israel because we're running out of sons. And finally, like, Jesse... Man, you got, you got any more sons? Jesse goes, I do have one more. He's out back taking care of the sheep. Samuel says, well, I, go get him, I guess. Verse 12, it says, so he sent for him, and he had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and some handsome features. And the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. And David is probably 12 or 13 years old at the time. He walks in, he's dirty, he smells like the sheep that he's been with. This is not a guy we're looking at going, we want this man to be our king. He doesn't look like that. And yet, isn't that the whole point We look at someone and we say, he's really important to the family of God. She's really significant in the body of Christ. He, he, he sings on the worship team. They lead a small group. She runs the women's ministry. And I could never stack up to that. I could never do those things. But remember that God said he made each of us intentionally and he made every single one of us uniquely and with a purpose. Let me, let me give you, let me tell you a little secret. If you get this, your life is going to be tremendously better. This is like the secret sauce coming at you, all right? You 
are not who you think you are. You are who God says that you are. Okay? Get that in your soul. Let that settle in there. You are not who you think you are. You are who God says that you are. And God says that you are on purpose, and God says that you are unique, and God says that you were made for a purpose. Those are not my words, those are God's words. In fact, let me read for you King David, along these lines, what he says about himself. Listen to what he wrote in Psalm 139. He says, God, God you, you, you created my inmost being. You knit me together, right? You put all the pieces together. No conveyor belt, no factory. You put all the pieces together to a detailed, intricate level. He says, God, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. This is David saying, God, you made me intentionally, and God, you made me uniquely, and God, you made me for a purpose. You guys, this is hope. This is, this is real hope. This is God shouting from the heavens. Be better yet, let me say it a different way. This is God whispering into your soul. You matter. Your life has value. Your place in the body of Christ is, is on purpose and it means something. Don't believe the lie that you have no place or role in the body of Christ. God has placed you right where he wants you to be. And remember, you're not who you think you are. You're who God says you are. And so the question for us then is kind of like, so what? Like, like what, what do we do with this? What if it's all true? What, is it, what does it mean to us? Let me show you, because some of us, we feel, I know I do sometimes, I'm guessing you do as well, you feel like an outsider to the body of Christ. And you think to yourself, oh, oh, if, if they only knew who I really was and you feel like you're somehow on the outside, let me, let me kill that notion today. Let's believe just for a minute, if you would. Let's believe that what God has said is true. What does that mean for us? If you're taking notes, you can jot a couple of things down here. Number one, we said that you were made intentionally. Okay, so what? Well, if you were made intentionally, it means then that you are wanted. You're wanted. I hope as, as we're reading God's word together today, I hope that my words are sort of fading into the background and what you're really hearing is the God of creation say, I love you. The God of creation loves you. He is in love with you. Don't we, don't we crave for our earthly father? or mother, or, or, or grandparent, or boss, or teacher, or coach to talk to us like this, to say these things about us, to say, I love you for who you are, to say, I'm proud of you. Maybe you have an earthly father or mother that, that 
has spoken to you that way. That's awesome. Some of us, though, we spent our whole lives longing, longing to hear those words. And so how much better is it that our Heavenly Father says, I love you. I made you, you, and I love you. Not the perfected version, not the cleaned up version of you, just you. God didn't make a mistake. He made you, you. He wants you to be you. He doesn't want you to be someone else. Stop trying to be someone else. You're a terrible someone else. God made you to be you. You are wanted. The second thing you can write down is this. If we were made uniquely, then we're not just wanted, we're needed. If you were made uniquely, then you're needed. Let me take you back. Let me just read quickly from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 21, it says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And let, let me just stop there. I don't want to miss the most basic irony of this statement. The eye cannot say to the hand. You catch it? An eye can't talk. Of course an eye can't say something to the hand. And an ear can't smell, and a mouth can't hear. It's because we need all the parts of the body of Christ so that we can function properly. We're incomplete without you. We need you. If you go, okay, well, what does that look like? How, how can I be used then? You know, Reggie talked about this a couple weeks ago. One of the ways is you can just ask questions and find out, how did God wire me? Okay, you want me to be used for the kingdom of God? How did he wire me to be used? An easy way to kind of find that out is to take a spiritual gifts test. You go, okay, how do I do that? Google it. There's a thousand of them out there. And you get the results of that. You go, this is how God wired me. Now what do I do with it? You come here, you bring it to one of the pastors or one of the ministry leaders, and you go, how do I apply this? What does that look like? They'll help you. They want to help you. We, we have to do this. We, we need you. Finally, number three, if you were made for God's purpose, you are wanted and you are needed, but we've got work to do. You've got, you've got work to do. And some of you, if we're just honest, if we could just talk raw for, for a second, it's time to get off the bench you know, maybe you've been in a, in a season of, of kind of sitting back, of kind of, of resting. It's time to go. It's time, it's time to start serving, to start giving of yourself. You know that. We need you. We need you to serve in the church. We need you to serve in the community. We need you to go to work and pray with that coworker that's been struggling so mightily. We need you to reconcile that broken relationship that you have. By the power of God, only you can do it because you were made uniquely. We need you. There's work to do.
So today you have your marching orders. You know what you're, you know in here, you know what your next step is. More than anything though, could you just hear this today? God loves you. And I know some of you think, oh, I'm way, I, I'm, I've been a Christian for a long time. I'm way more mature. I've heard that a thousand times. No, no, no. You need to hear it. God loves you. He loves you so much. He made you, you. He gave up his son, Jesus, for you. Not a perfect version of you. Not a cleaned up version of you. You. And whether you came in here today just, you know, hopeless, needing something to hold on to, or you came in here today and you needed to be challenged, here is what is true. God is calling you. He is calling you to be you. And he's calling you to be a part of the body of Christ. Let me pray for us. Our Father and our God, thank you for today. God, I thank you for each person here. I thank you that you gave life to every single person. God, it is so easy to believe the lie that we don't matter, that we are meaningless to the family of Christ. Holy Spirit, speak into our hearts today, even right now, into our lives this week. Remind us, God, first, first, God, of who you are, amazing and and loving. But God, remind us of who you have said that we are. God, you love us so much, you gave us your only son who would die alone, naked, hanging on a cross. Why? So that you could spend eternity with us. God, help us to love you more this week. Help us to work together as the body of Christ to give you the glory that you deserve. God, we give you today. And we thank you for Jesus who lost his life so that we could have life. It's in his name we pray. Amen.